turn ourselves to toxic uh, influences and, uh, and temptations. And uh, remember, as we do this, we're talking about toxic, right? Anything that containing, containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death, right? What are those things that, in this morning, what are those things that influence us that can be absolutely toxic? And how do we, how do we cope with that? How do we deal with that uh, in our lives? There's a great verse in Proverbs that acknowledges the reality of where we live uh, every day, right? The, the, the risks that we're at uh, every single day. It says, if the godly give in to the wicked, it's like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. Isn't that a great verse? I like that image, right? It's just that reality out there that, you know, listen, the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christ follower, right? If you've, if you've already just said, hey, Jesus is Lord, right? The Holy Spirit is working in our lives every single day to try to, to mature us into be more and more like Christ. And yet there's an influence that's out there in the world that's trying to muddy the water, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit's working to try to make us pure and more and more the person God wants us to be. But there's another influence out there that is trying to muddy the water. You kind of follow, right? And so the deal for us this morning is to talk about how do we deal with that influence, the, the multiple influences that we get out there in the world that try to muddy the water and take us off task in being the person uh, God wants us to be. Just to give you an example of what that looks like, those influences out there, I just picked movies. Uh, I went back in history here a little bit. This is 1953. I won't ask if you were still alive or alive in 1953. At 8 o'clock, we got a few. Yeah, 8 o'clock, we had a whole ton, so they, they admitted it, but, uh, right? So, but anyway, back in 1953, there was this movie made, The Moon is Blue, and this movie was absolutely on the edge and the ledge, Right? I mean, this was pushing the envelope uh, kind of movie. And uh, even uh, show you that, the Catholic Legion of Decency uh, cited this movie for its vulgarity, in part because of its offensive use of prohibitive words such as virgin, seduced, pregnant, and mistress in the dialogue. Can you imagine a movie having those kinds of words? Incredible, right? Incredible. All right, so let's fast forward a little bit. And I didn't go all the way up to 2016, but I went to 2009. And there's this movie. I won't even ask if you saw this movie, okay? I'm not going to make you feel good or bad or indifferent here, but I won't even ask. But there's this movie called Hangover, right? So in 2009, the movie Hangover, when you look at the dialogue of this movie, had 91 times where it used the F-bomb. 41 times where it used uh, the S word. I'm not going to try to explain what F and S mean. I figure you can kind of figure that out. You've been influenced enough. 14 times the A word, which is about our rear anatomy there. And uh, 13 times uh, refers to a different kind of hell experience, right? And 31 times it takes God's name in vain in some version or another. Would you say that our culture has grown in its influence of muddying the waters. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. We are deceiving ourselves as Christ followers if we think somehow that world out there is not out to muddy the waters of our lives. It is absolutely dedicated to influence us and muddy the waters and take us away from what God wants to do and can do in our lives. 
right? The challenge for us is, is as we live in this culture is to even look at that example or the multiple examples we could look at in the world and somehow convince ourselves, well, it's not that bad, right? It's not that bad. It's just a little compromise. It's really not that big a deal, right? What I would share with you is Scripture's view on that, which says, listen, a little poison is still what? It's still poison, right? A little poison is still poison. And you keep taking poison day after day after day after day. Guess what? That poison is going to continue to be poison. It's going to do its work, and it's going to have its effect, right? Toxic is still toxic. Whether it's a little or a lot, it's still toxic. Here's how Paul describes it. We'll see Jesus describe it this way, too. Paul says, your boasting about this, uh, about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that does what? You get the principle? You know about yeast, right? It's just this little thing, and you put it in the dough, and you knead it in. But eventually, even though you only put this little piece of yeast in there, what happens to the whole, the whole dough? It gets influenced by the yeast. Amen? That's the principle Scripture wants you to understand about the influence of of sin. It's it's you can't compromise and just say, eh, it's just a little, you know, I'm just kind of cheating a little, or I'm just kind of telling a little white lie, or I'm just kind of, you know, you can put whatever you want on it, right? Just a little, and you compromise with the little, and you just say, well, it's just a little. No, poison is still poison. Poison is still poison, right? Uh, Jesus affirms this uh, as well. And you get Paul telling us what the effect of that is uh, in our life in Second Timothy. He says, stay away from foolish, useless talk, because that will lead people further away from God. Their evil teaching will spread like a sickness inside the body. So this sickness, this yeast, this sin that spreads, ultimately what's it going to do? It's going to lead you away from what God is wanting to do in your life, what God's capable of doing in your life. What God has in store for your life. This compromise with this toxic poison, letting it in, letting it magnify itself, is going to interrupt the possibility of what God has in store for you. Are you following this principle? You get it? This is the way it is. It may be just a little compromise, but poison is still poison. Now, the trouble for us is we can expect this in our world, right? It's a toxic world. We can expect these influences. They're all over the place, right? It's not just the movies. It's the magazines, the Internet. How many the pop-ups? How many pop-ups do you get going, whoa, where'd that come from, right? I mean, it's all over the place. And all of those are designed to influence us, to draw us away. And our trouble is we are vulnerable. We're vulnerable to those influences. Look what uh, uh, what James says. And remember, when you're being tempted, don't say God is tempting me. God is never tempting to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. 14, temptation comes from our own desires. Where it come from? Our own. It's, uh, we, are, we got this part of us that is open to this thing of temptation, this influence which makes this topic even more important to us because we are open to the influence. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we deal with the influence? And Jesus gets 
frustrated with us, with disciples here, if we don't realize how important this is in our lives. He says, watch out, talk to the disciples, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began, the disciples began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought enough bread. He gets upset. He says, well, why can't you understand? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about bread. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, then at last they understood he wasn't speaking about yeast and bread, but about deceptive teaching, right? So Jesus acknowledges this principle of influence. How do we deal with the principle of this influence? The answer seems to be in Romans 12. And I use the, uh, the message as uh, a translation here because I just think it says it really clear for us, right? really gives us a clear example. It says, do not become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Compromising with the poison, right? Instead, fix your attention where? On God. This is the challenge. This is the invitation. We know we're going to be influenced by a lot of poison, right? There's a lot of talk. And we know we're vulnerable. The answer for us is to just continually fix our attention on God. Just keep fixing your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Notice the word quickly. Do you see that? Listen. The invitation of scripture to respond to the influence that's toxic in your life is to listen to what God has to say and respond to it. Respond. Be busy doing what God wants to do and have you do in your life. Respond to it. Take a stand for God. Respond to it. Right? And the more you respond to it, the more you're active in doing what God wants you to do, the less power, influence, and that little poison can have in your life. The example of scripture would give us would, would be uh, Moses, right? It lifts up Moses. Now, Moses was a prince in Egypt. He could have come back to Egypt and been a prince of Egypt and done all the treasure of Egypt and been being a highbrow guy in Egypt, right? And instead, it says, no, he chose to share oppression, the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fle- fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer the, for, for the sake of Christ than to own than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his greater reward. What did he do? He fixed his eyes, he fixed his thoughts, he fixed his emotions, he fixed his head and his heart where? On what God was doing and what God was going to do. How do you deal with the toxic? How do you deal with these toxic influences? Great place to start, according to the scripture in Corinthians, is just to ask. Is this good for me? If you're going to fix your eyes on God, you've got to say, is this a God thing or not? Is this good for me? Now, I'm not giving this message this morning uh, so that I can give you a list when we're all done of movies you should see and movies you shouldn't see. And please, don't text me. Don't call me when you're outside the movie theater saying, hey, pastor, you know, what about this one? Can we do this? Not, that's not, I'm trying to give you principles from Scripture that say you're at risk. There are toxic influences. How do you deal with them? Fix on God. Be focused on what God. Respond quickly and keep asking the question, is it beneficial? Is this a God thing? Is this what God would, would endorse in my life? 
Look what Corinthians says. Some of you say, we can do anything we want to. You can. You're in Christ. You're forgiven. If you're a Christ follower, right? You're forgiven. You're renewed. You're in Christ. You can do anything you want to do. The question is not, can you do it? The question is, should you do it? Right? Is it good for you? That's what he said. But I tell you that not everything is good for us. What's the qualifier? Is it good? Is this good for you? Are you following quickly the voice of God here, the influence of the Holy Spirit here, or are you letting another influence come in and muddy the waters? Because they'll try to do that. They'll try to muddy the waters. So the question is, hey, I can do anything. Yes, of course. But is it good? Is it godly? Is it where God wants my life to go? Ask the question so it can say, but test how much? Everything. You've got to ask this about everything because everything is an influence. But test everything. Keep what is good and stay away from everything that is evil. Straightforward? Here's the last word. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Why is that up there? Because some of you have had poison take over your life. You've had so many influences over and over and over again in your life, you've let poison take over your life. And I have good news for you. God can forgive you today, right now, at this table, when you receive Jesus Christ and say, He is now Lord of my life, and I'm going to fix on Him. And if you fix on Him, you can deal with the toxic influences. You can deal with that. Respond quickly to what he wants to do and stay fixed on that and be able to stay in that place that you ask, is this good? Is this good for the kingdom? Is this good for the cause? Is this what God will want me to do? All right, so I've laid a lot of stuff out for you quickly this morning. And you know, around here at Christ Church, we're, we're really into making sure that what we talk about on Sunday is relevant on Monday, right? You get that. We want to make sure it's relevant Monday. So to make Relevant Monday happen for you, I want to invite Mark and uh, Bridget Sullivan uh, up to the platform this morning. I know they're out there somewhere. Oh, yeah, the back row. Thank you, Mark and Bridget. No, we're going to invite Mark and Bridget up. And uh, awesome. Thank you. Yes. So a lot of you know who they are, right? You know that they were our missionaries over there in uh, Addis, Ethiopia, and just advancing the kingdom and advancing the cause. Uh, but you know what? They were real people who had a lot of influences going on when God was working in their life. And so I want you to listen this morning, think about the principles, and listen this morning about how God was working and how there were other influences. Okay? Good. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> I mean, back, back. Not just back up here, but back, back. Back, back is good. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so you heard, right? We're talking about toxic, and you guys are an awesome example of, you know, God working, and yet I'm sure there were influences. So let, tell, tell the folks first, so how did God lay it on you? How did God work in your life uh, to bring you to such a work for him? How did that happen? Sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, and honestly, it was, I, I said it earlier, it was, like a divine progression um, because I definitely wasn't in the same mindset back then. Uh, one of the most common things I get told is, you know, whenever somebody asked me what I was doing in Ethiopia is, you know, they say, wow, that, that takes a certain type of person. And, and I can assure you that there's nothing special about me. And 
six, well, seven. Bridget would argue with that, <laughs> but of course, yeah. I mean, nobody else would, but Bridget would, yeah. But, you know, no, six, go ahead. Six or seven years ago, you know, I, I would have never seen myself doing that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were uh, probably two years into Christ Church, and, uh, you know, the Lord had just uh, done some amazing work in our marriage, um, and it healed me of some tr- tremendous struggles. And we were at a point where we were comfortable and living the high life. You know, we lived in Cedarburg. I had a job I loved. We had three children, and everything was, you know, great. And uh, then she had brought up that she had wanted to adopt from another country. And I said, wow, okay, let's do that. And uh, so we ended up, you know, getting a referral from a son from Ethiopia. And then, I mean, I really didn't even want to go to Ethiopia. I was kind of like, well, are they going to bring him here? Because I don't know that I want to go all the way over there. UPS, FedEx, what are we talking here? Uh, But, you know, I went, and, uh, you know, the Lord showed me some things and really opened my eyes. And when we came back, I had this new passion um, for some and some things that were heavy on my heart for some things that I witnessed and saw. And, and I realized, you know, wow, we could do some more. We have more room in our house. Uh, we need to bring and, and do something at our church, um, some kind of bring awareness to this orphan problem. And uh, so we started the orphan ministry and she started uh, leading trips to Ethiopia. We found our two oldest daughters. They were 10 and 13 living on their own. Um, and we learned from these stories of meeting other missionaries and from our own daughters that, you know, it didn't have to be this way. Our, our daughters um, were living on their own. Like I said, at 10 and 13, their mother had passed away, and she had to make a choice to take her HIV medicine or work because the medicine made her too sick to work. So she chose not to take it because she had to put food on the table, and, and so they ended up on their own. And we're like, wow, if, you know, if only somebody could have stepped in and, and bridged that gap. And, and that led to what we felt called by God to do with the uh, orphan prevention program with the care center. So we brought that to the church, and, and you know, because we, we were at a point then, we're like, all right, well, let's go do this. This is what we want to do. We're going to say yes to God, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no way this can really happen, because I don't know, it takes a lot of money. It takes a partner over there. How is, how is that going to happen? And literally, the doors just started opening. We brought it to the church. There was no hesitation. Absolutely. They got behind it, and, you know, we, the partnership happened. The fundraiser happened, and next thing you know, we were selling our stuff and moving, so... That was God opening the doors, and we were just along for the yeah. ride at that point. That would be the quickly part there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it wasn't without, I'm sure, some other uh, challenges. I mean, some toxic influences of saying, Mark, Bridget, what What are you thinking, right? right. What would that look like? We definitely had, um, when you make a decision like that, you think, are our kids going to hate us? Are they going to be... You know, thrown into the third world country. What if something happens medically to them? Um, so you have all these things in the back of your head as a parent of moving all of your children there. Um, but we also certainly had people that were closest to us saying, you know, did you think about this? Did you think about this? And is this really a good decision? Um, so that was probably the hardest part mm-hmm. personally was, was dealing with those um, impacts. But also... We were, quite frankly, afraid of disappointing the church. You know, this was all of your hard-earned money that was sending us over there, starting the center. Um, It's a huge responsibility on our hearts that it was done well. So what if we move over there and everything just flops and then we lose all the money? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. so we wanted to be good stewards of the the funds that were allowing us to to do this. Um, But we also... 
yeah, at the same time, it was just so evident. Like Mark said, like, all these doors were just flying open. We were hardly, you know, we put the effort in there, and we wanted to do it, and we said yes to God, to whatever we were open to living there, however long this needed to take. But at the same time, we were not driving this at all. You know, it wasn't our doing. It wasn't our efforts. It was it was God. So there was really no arguing, I, I could say, to family or friends that were kind of the naysayers of, this isn't me. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is this is God, and so I can't deny that. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, God, you're just fixed on what God was doing. He was pushing you. So even though you had the toxic, you had to say, hey, God's voice is, is greater here. But, okay, so that put you on a plane, and that got you over there, right? Now you're over there, and, hey, we know we have toxic influences in this culture, but you're now in a totally different world over there. You're in a different culture. So what was that like? What, what, was, the, what was the toxic well, a lot of people, when you think of Ethiopia or you think of Africa in general, you think acacia trees, you think lovely country setting. But when you live in Addis, um, it's a very crowded, busy, dirty city. You don't have sanitary. You know, your utilities are not working all the time. The sanitary conditions are not good. Um, we had huge battles with all sorts of bugs and intestinal worms and ringworm and just, I can go on about that, but I won't, because um, I do want you to come so you visit if you want to. <laughs> we yeah, had yeah. lots of pets. Lots um, of pets. Lots yes. of pets. Um, <laughs> so you had all those physical things that were just made daily living, just everyday living, put mission work aside or school work aside. Those were just difficult things to deal with as far as, you know, the physical aspects of, of it being a toxic yeah. environment. Sure. And, but not just physical, right? Yeah, I mean, on the spiritual and, and mental side, I mean, daily, I, it's a struggle, you know. I mean, I remember the first time I ever went to Ethiopia, and I thought, wow, how, I mean, the poverty that you see on the streets and, and, and just some of the, the sights that you witness, I'm like, how, I don't understand how people can just walk by this every day. Mm-hmm. And, well, when you end up living there, you start to understand. You, you just have to walk by this every day and it's so hard to walk by the depravity the the sick the blind the leprous the um, the beggars little kids in tattered clothes coming to your car in the middle of a busy street and having to say no you know because it wasn't the best thing to give right. in lots of those circumstances and, and that was just so hard um, and and then the frustration and patience was huge and anger I, I, you know i used to never think of myself as an angry person but it was sometimes it was hard to not be. I mean, we we were looked at, you know, we were the foreigners in the country. Mm-hmm. We were inundated with people. There's millions of people on the streets and taken advantage of. Uh, we were seen as, you know, those are the people with the money. Um, yeah. So lots of lies, lots of deceit. We were stolen from several times. Uh, and you, you end up getting beaten down. You're like, I'm here helping. <laughs> and, and you're taking my things, you know, and it just gets to be so frustrating. And on, on top of that, there was doubt. Uh, we, you know, um, in the time frame we were there, we saw many missionaries come and go, and you know that, that either just couldn't make it, or their thing flopped, or yep. or there was a uh, corruption and in unethical practices happening on both sides. We've seen it with Westerners, we've seen it with locals taking advantage, mm-hmm. and it was like you know sometimes you were kind of like, wow, what are we, are we even making a difference here? What what are we doing? You know, we're going through all the struggle. Are we even making a difference? And mm-hmm. So doubt was sometimes big part of it. Yeah. So what kept you going? I mean, that's a lot of toxic. It's a lot of toxic, right? 
So what, what kept you going? Well, really the, the center, the, why we were there. Right. The, the children that you could see were healthy, um, the children that we had at the center, the moms that were thriving and progressing. And even when you don't see huge, you know, huge success stories, success by our standards, um, you know that it's going to be a change in the kingdom. You know it's going to be a change long-term. Yeah. So we may not see it. And the ones that we could see are, are terrific because you could see the fruits of your labor. I could see that physically these kids are growing and they're, they're being able to be kids. The families are staying together. They're not being orphaned. Um, the moms and some of the dads are, are staying together as a couple or some of them even reunited as couples because life was a little bit easier for them because we had their kids during the day. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. Um, and that was, that was the end of the day. You know, that was why we were there. So all these other things that were difficult to, to get over on a daily basis at times right. um, were by all means worth it in the long run. Mm-hmm. So fixing what we talked about, right? right. Fixing your eyes, seeing what God was doing. By virtue of be, right. being there. And even our kids, we were yeah. very, very fortunate that our kids loved it there. Mm-hmm. So it was a great experience for them. And even when we said, okay, now we're moving back, we had very mixed reviews of, of whether... We had, we had tears when we said we were moving there, <laughs> and we had tears when they said we were moving back. It was right. crazy. Yeah. But we had to remind them and remind ourselves, this is not our life, really. You know, this is, this is God's plan, and we need to go according to this. It's not about... I mean, our school, our kids had a fantastic school there that yeah. I would have stayed just for the school yeah. for them that they had last year. But we had to stay fixed as to what God's plan was for our family. You bet. And that's what brought you home. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. I mean, like we said, you know, everything was so just ran by God. I mean, people were amazed that, you know, we got the work permits so quickly. We were up and running within a month, had staff members, uh, families coming in. Uh, we were blessed with an amazing leadership uh, with Strong Hearts mm-hmm. and a partnership with them. Our staff was doing a great job. Uh, Bridget, you know, set the tone and, and set the vision on a daily basis. And they were taking it and following the lead. And, and we realized at a point, you know, um, okay, we're, you know, a year and a half into this, and this place is, we're kind of babysitting this thing. And, you know, it's not cheap for our huge family to live here. So like, man, you know, to be the best stewards of these resources, we think, you know, it's, it's time. And we really felt, you know, we thought we were going to be there for longer, but we were like, no, it's, it's evident that this is time. Uh, you know, we never really wanted to have anything depend directly on us. We knew that it's best for locals to drive the things. Mm -hmm. We need to come beside them and walk with them and empower them, but it's best, you know, for them to the ones to be leading. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey guys, Thank you for letting God do that work and staying fixed, not letting the toxic influences draw you away, you know, and sticking it out and doing a great work, letting God use you in that way and uh, being our, you know, missionaries, being our folks over there. And we are so holy pride here at uh, what God was doing in your life. So thanks, right? Cool stuff? Yeah. 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 So, so hopefully you kind of, it's what we're talking about, right? You know, that, that God was working in their life, put in a, and they needed to stay fixed and, and respond quickly, right? And even though they had all those influences, both before they went, when they went, 
to be able to see, stay fixed, that, wow, God is doing such a great thing. And that's going to continue, right? Even though they're back here, that's going to that's gonna continue. So, hey, thanks again, guys. You bet. All right. Why don't we, uh, why don't we pray? And we're going to celebrate, by the way, the Sullivan's uh, later today. We hope you come back for a lunchtime kind of thing. I heard something about hot dogs and ice cream, uh, the best of courses together in one, right? Hot dogs and ice cream. So uh, let's just pray over uh, not just, you know, the work that Mark and Bridget did, but as an example of just how do we do that? How do we stay fixed? So let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank